Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about business strategies, thinking and habits that are essential to building a successful event planning business while enjoying a fulfilling lifestyle. I am your host, Mayo Silvers, an events veteran with over 20 years of experience and also an unstoppable eventrepreneur with two multiple six-figure events business. Come listen with an open heart and open mind. Be ready to reset, recharge, and rejuvenate your life and your business. Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast once again. Today, we will be covering the last part of the three-part series of what do you need to consider when planning your ticketed in-person events. So for part three, we will be talking about what do you do when you're on site and then what do you do after the event? This is the part that many people um, have not paid enough attention, put it this way. Many of the event planners I work with who do ticketed in-person events and coaches and consultants I work with who do ticketed in-person events, they do not understand how important this part is compared to the rest of the planning process. Each planning process have its own importance. So today we're going to cover what are the things that you need to pay attention to when you're on site for your event, the big day that has finally arrived. And then what do you need to do after the event so that you can move forward with a more solid strategy, system, and process when you are planning your next ticketed in-person event. So when you are on-site, okay, when you're preparing to go on-site for your ticketed in-person event, we need to make sure that a few things are in order. First and foremost, when you book the event space, my advice is to always book the day before as well for setup, especially for coaches and consultants when you are going to do an event that requires heavy audiovisual and heavy staging. You will need to book one whole day before so it doesn't create stress for your staging company and also for your audiovisual company. Okay, um, Same thing for your sales team. And, and the team members that you're bringing in to help you for your in-person event, you want to be able to do briefing, et cetera, et cetera, and rehearsals, which I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. Then if you are a uh, an event planner and your event is only a half day or just one day event, you want to be able to secure the space at least four hours prior to the start time of your event. So you don't put so much stress uh, in terms of setting up the registration table, in terms of making sure that you do the final walkthrough, rehearsals, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, just a tip for you. Always book at least four hours before the start time of the event or ideally the day before the start day of your event. Now, when you're packing to get ready to go to your in-person event, your venue, you want to make sure that you have a handy dandy uh, checklist where you can check off, okay, I got this, I got this, I got this. I guarantee you, you will forget something. All right. Um, 
I know it's going to sound really silly. You need to pack extra pair of shoes. Okay? Because you are going to be very tired. You're going to be on your feet for long periods of time. You want to be able to pack your nice, your nice pretty shoes that you are wearing when guests are around. And you want to be able to have comfortable shoes when you're setting up. All right? Same thing, a set of clothes when you're setting up and then your presentation clothes. Clothes that you wear when you're greeting your guests. So two sets of clothes, two pairs of shoes, little, little things like that, very important. Pack mint because you are going to need to have a minty breath because you'll be talking a lot. <laughs> Pack band-aids, okay? Because somebody is always going to need one, all right? You can get it from your venue or you can have it handy with you. Like I always pack plenty full of band-aids because no matter how comfortable, no, no matter how many times I wear my fancy shoes, they still hurt me. So I always pack band-aids. Um, what else? Uh, pills for headaches. You may experience headaches if you are not going to remember to drink water, okay? If you're not drinking enough, you're going to get headaches. Sometimes you get super stressed at the event or leading up to the event. So you want to pack some ibuprofen, Advil, whatever your choice of medicine when you to cure your headache. Okay? You also want to have like a stationary box where you have box cutter, scissors. Okay? Box cutters, scissors, um, safety pin. You, know, you, you never know who's going to rip their dress or their pants or their button come off, safety pins. You want to have box cutter, scissors, safety pins. Uh, also, paper clip, rubber band. Uh, but for me, one of the most important thing is labor maker and, and uh, extra print out of blank badges if you are having your attendees wear badges. Okay, I have this little small uh, labor printer Excellent. It's so good. It's like what you use to um, make labels for your household items. Okay. And they make beautiful labels that, and they come out with a sticker and it's so easy to use instead of bringing a printer. So you want to be able to get all that. Uh, phone charger. Okay. Phone charger, laptop charger, power strip. Uh, a few things that you want because you may need to plug in a few things at one time and getting a power strip at the venue can be costly. So these are your uh, go-to items when you're packing, okay? Of course, if you don't forget to pack your marketing materials like your banners, your tablecloth, etc. okay? And then you should also have a um, agenda, uh, a day-off agenda where you're going to be able to do your walkthrough. So on the agenda, it should look like from what time to what time is load in and who is um, who is coming in to set up, okay? Which vendor is coming in to set up and set up what. Uh, it should also reflect the times that you're setting up the registration table. You should also have the time where the AV team is being set up and doing their testing. It should also have the time where you will be doing a rehearsal with your speakers for yourself as well, a rehearsal of 
you and your team at the registration desk when people come to register, make sure that things are placed in order uh, and it's easy to, to, to reach. So you want to also have a, uh, a time that you meet up with the venue owner or the event coordinator from the venue to make sure that they have the same information as you. All right, for the for the for the day of event or the couple of days of event, you want to be able to have all that on your um, your timeline. Okay, your uh, your walkthrough timeline. Um, you also want to make sure that while you're on site, for those this this pertain a lot more to uh, to coaches and consultants. Okay, so. If your event includes actually some event planners as well, I would say for all of you who do ticketed in-person event and, and it requires sleeping room. So if your contract has sleeping rooms obligation, that means you block X number of sleeping rooms. That means you probably would also have an attrition clause and a cancellation clause, okay? So you want to be able to review these reports every single day. When I do the ticketed in-person events for my clients, all of them, I will always ask in advance to the venue, all right, the event coordinator who's doing the event for me at the venue, I will tell them that I will want certain reports to be sent to me every single day. One of it would be the... Um, the in-house report so I can see who are the people who's coming to the event who are staying in the hotel. So in-house report of the people who has booked a room in the hotel who's coming to our event, okay? So I will have an in-house report. I will have an arrival report. Like That means they, they are, they are going to be in-house, but they have not checked in yet. So I want to see who's arriving. I want to see also a no-show report did anybody who's supposed to come but did not come? And I want to see a cancellation report, okay? So who canceled their room? So all this report is going to help me determine if my client is facing attrition, which means did they fall short in their sleeping room's fulfillment? If they, if they say they're going to need 50 rooms, and did they fulfill all 50 rooms or at least yeah, um, at least 45 rooms if you have negotiated a 10% attrition allowance. So I want to make sure that my client is not facing attrition. So I look for these reports every single day. And I will also give the venue the list of the names of my registrants who are actually here to make sure that, and they say that they are staying here, but if I don't see their name here, that means they make a reservation somewhere else or to a third party and not use the booking link that we're given to them. I want to make sure that their sleeping rooms is credited to our, um, our report. So it will reduce the possibility of my client paying attrition. Okay, so I want to see the no-show report. I want to see the in-house report. I want to see the arrival report. I want to see the cancellation report. Okay, so these four reports for sure, I will always ask and I will review every single day. Um, I will also ask to see the daily invoice. So any, any charges posted the day, every day for my event, 
I want to see the daily invoice. So I may not be able to see the daily invoice the day for the day. So I may see today's invoice, today's charges tomorrow. But a lot of times after every single meal period, they'll be able to generate an invoice for me so I can see that it is correct. Okay. I can see that it's correct. So I will definitely will want to be able to um, review. I want to be able to review the, the invoice and catch um, mistakes early on so that they can correct immediately. Okay. So I also will want to check the food and beverage setup, make sure that they are set up per what I have uh, arranged for my client. And I also want to set up, make sure that the room is set up per my client's request. So you, if you're doing it yourself, you need to make sure that either if you are the, if you are, if you are a coach or consultant, or if you are the event planner and this is your event, it will be extremely hectic for you to be the host for the event and at the same time be looking at all these reports, be checking the room setup, be checking the food and beverage setup because you'll be preoccupied doing what you're supposed to do, hosting the event, okay? You will be speaking, you'll be mingling around. So I will strongly suggest that even if you are going to do the event yourself, have a dedicated team member to do these things. Or if you don't have a team member, then hire a coordinator, okay, hire an assistant for that day to help you. So this person, okay, will need to be checking to make sure that the food and beverage is served on time, is served to the right, the right quantity of food and the right kind of food. And also the um, all special diets are being catered to. Um, you also want to make sure that the room is set up according to what has been communicated by you, the host, to the venue. I have walked into rooms. I kid you not. I walked into rooms that has a completely different setup per what I have communicated on behalf of my client. And it's a good thing that I check things in advance and be like, okay, this room is not either not set up or set up wrong. <laughs> so so you want to check the audio visual. Is it the correct order as well? So you want to check to make sure that every single seat has the right amount of seats. I just went to an event where that table is supposed to seat eight person, but it was only set for seven. So it created a scramble and that would not look good for you, the host. And it wouldn't, it just wouldn't create a seamless experience. Okay. You want to check that as well. And one little nugget I want to share is, uh, especially at hotels, if you order beverages, okay, sodas, coffee, tea, and they charge you by the gallons, okay, they charge you by the gallon or they charge you by the quantity, how many bottles are consumed, you want to be very mindful that you do a count of how many was set and how many was less. Okay, because I know of some hotels that they will charge you based on how many was set out there. They wouldn't do a count of how many was left over. So you'll be charged for things that you did not consume. You don't want that. And you also want to make sure that it's communicated to the banquet team or the server that they do not replenish 
the coffee and tea, which you are being charged by consumption by the gallon, okay, a lot of times, do not replenish until they get approval from you or one of your team members, okay? What happens in many hotels is they will do an automatic refill even when it's half, when they're still half full, the, the carafe is still half full and then they will charge you. And then at the end of the day, you have, you have so much coffee or tea left in the carafe because it's constantly being filled up and it's not being consumed to the point that it's almost finished, then they fill up. So they are constantly filling up when the container is half full. So this is where a lot of venues make their money, okay? These are the things that is just a little insider's news because I used to work for high-end hotels and this is where we make the most money, constantly refueling the beverage station, okay? If you have snacks that is charged on consumption, like individual packets of chips, stuff like that, those are the things that you want to be able to, um, to calculate, okay? You don't want it to be a situation where they charge you for things that you do not consume, all right? So those are the few things that you need to pay attention to when you are on site. So your registration table needs to be, your registration table should be um, all ready to go, what we call show ready, 30 minutes before the official start time of registration or for your event. Same thing for the room, same thing for all food and beverage um, setup. Everything needs to be at least 30 minutes ready before the start time of the event. and. You want to also have the um, contact number of your event coordinator from the venue handy in case you need to reach them fast. Um, basically, you want to be able to get hold of someone very quickly when there's a problem, okay? And you want to check and check and check and recheck, okay? If you have VIP arrivals, like some of your speakers, you want to be able to make sure that you do a walkthrough of their sleeping rooms. I have done some walkthrough of my VIP arrival rooms, okay, rooms for my VIP and a light is not working or there's hair on the floor, there's hair on the bed, you know, bathroom is not clean. So you want to make sure that all these are taken care of before your VIP arrives, okay? Now, as a host for the event, you also want to collect data, okay? On the, you, on the last day of the event, all right? If it's a one-day event, then it will be at the end of the event. You want to, first and foremost, review all the estimated final invoice, okay? You want to make sure that you catch all errors. And then you also want to send out a survey to your attendees. Ask them to fill out the survey on the spot at the event. Don't email it out to them because I guarantee you when it is being emailed out, either you get lost on the email or they will never get to it. Okay. You want to catch it when it's still fresh in their head. So you want to send out a questionnaire at that event. Okay. So your questionnaire needs to be printed out. So make sure you bring it with you. So it needs to be printed out and handed out at the event 
so people can give you their feedback, how they feel about the event, how what they like about the event, what they think can be improved upon about the event experience. Okay, you also want to ask if they will consider coming to your next in-person events. So this survey is extremely important. This is going to help you collect information so you know what to do for your next in-person event. Okay. And if you already have the information ready, you want to sell your next ticketed in-person event at the end of the event or at the last last uh at the last day of your event. You already want to create an excitement, okay? for them to look forward to the next in-person event. And that's where you will want to uh, talk about your super early bird pricing. Remember, I was talking about that in the part two series. So that's where you will be opening up your X number of tickets available for super early bird pricing and it expires by, as in you need to buy by a certain date, okay? So you want to pitch your next ticketed in-person event on the very last day of the event and or at the end of your event, okay? Now, after the event, you go home, all right? You want to be able to measure the return of investment of hosting this event. What are the benchmarks, right? What are the benchmarks that you should be measuring? And I talk a little bit about that in the part one series. The benchmark for measurements will depend on the objective of your event. Therefore, I said that you have to have an objective for the event to, to know what are the benchmarks. That's why for uh, the part one series, I stress how important it is to determine the objective of the event. So examples for benchmarks or how to measure the return on investment could be how many tickets did you sell? Okay, how many tickets did you sell and at what time frame? Is it six months before the event, three months before the event, or the last minute before the event? So then now you know your buyer pattern. Are they last minute people? Or how many tickets have you sold for a super early bird? Like, is it, uh, is it something that you want to offer again? How many VIP tickets did you sell? How many, you know, like all, all these different tier tickets. So you know your strategy next time round. Okay, so how many tickets did you sell? How many tickets did you sell for the next in-person event? Okay. And also, how many new clients did you sign up uh, at the event? How many calls did you book for clients to sign up? So potential clients, right? So how many calls did you book to follow up after the event so that we can either sell them our service, our product, or to sell them our next in-person event tickets, okay? So how many course books, how many actual signups, um, how many tickets sold, how many tickets for the next in-person event sold. You also want to measure things that is a little bit intangible, such as um, did you see a peak from your social media following? Like, do you have a lot more social media followers because these people who come to your event decide to follow you, to learn more from you? Did your email database increase as well, right? Did you have more people opt into your email database? These are the few things that you want to measure, okay, on the return on investment for your event. 
Lastly, you want to check in with any team members that have helped you at the event. And if you were to, if you had hired an event planner, you all want to have a debrief. Okay, everybody needs to have a debrief. Either you, your team member, and the event planner all have to have a debrief. You need to do an internal post-event debrief to understand what has gone very well, what, what went very well, and what needs to be improved upon, what's necessary, what's not necessary, which of the process wasn't working, and um, what process worked really well. And also, if you have, if you, if you have your team member, if you had your team member plan this event for you and they are not event planners, you also want to check in with them if they want to do this again next year. Remember, you pull them away from their core responsibility. They may not want to do it for you again next year. So you have to um, check in with them how they feel about the event. Okay? So that's basically sum up the part three of the event series of the uh, three parts in person, ticketed in person event series, the things that you need to consider when you're planning a ticketed in-person event. So part one, we talk about common mistakes and the importance of having objective for your event. Part two, we'll talk about ticket pricing, ticket sales, sponsorship sales strategy. And part three, we'll talk about on-site management. What do you need to do when you're on-site and what do you do after you finish the, um, the, the event? Okay, so now you will have a skeleton plan or a blueprint to know how to plan a ticketed in-person event. As I mentioned in the last two episodes, if you know that you want to do a ticketed in-person event, but you don't know if you want to do it yourself, if your team to do it or you want to hire an event planner, then please reach out to me and have a conversation and I will guide you based on what you share with me, okay? Every year, I take on only four clients, four clients, because I don't want to overwork myself. So I will not be in a capacity or in a mindset to try to get you to hire me because I don't work that way. I want to make sure that whoever I'm going to work with is 100% aligned with who I am as a person. And also, we're going to have fun doing it together. So you don't have to worry that I'm going to sell you something. But if you come on a call and you share with me your resources, your bandwidth, your strengths, your weaknesses, your team strengths and weaknesses, your ultimate goal for doing an in-person event, and I feel that based on what you share with me, you are not able to do it by yourself, then I will share with you the two options or the three options, either to buy my course or, or they do it themselves, your team, you do it yourself and I guide you along as a consultant. So you pay a consultancy fee or you hire me to plan the whole event. So there is no pressure to buy anything because I am not pressured to sell you anything <laughs> because I am protective of my time and my energy. You probably have realized that if you have followed me uh, on my social media, how I do business, okay? 
So when I feel that everything aligned, then I will ask for the sale. If I don't feel that everything is aligned, then I will tell you that I'm not the right person for you. And you will probably come to the same conclusion. And we part as business associates that can continue to support one another, each other as and when we can. Okay. So reach out to me. Calendar link is in inside the show notes. And uh, I do have something else to promote as well, which is my next in-person event. Now, this is for event planners, designers, and, and uh, decorators, not for coaches and consultants, okay? So if you are event planner, event designer, event decorator, and you have an event business, okay? You might want to consider coming to my last ticketed in-person events that I'm doing for the year. It will be on December 2nd. It will be at Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The airport code is FLL. So December 2nd is a full day event from 8 to 5. And I will feed you breakfast, lunch, and also uh, beverage service and some snacks. All right. So I am not expecting to have a room full of people. It will only be 10 people max. If I have to stretch it, it would probably will be like 15. So 10 to 15 people max. And what we will be doing is we will be auditing your business in terms of your financial goal, in terms of your sales goal, in terms of your marketing strategies. So these three things, we will be auditing what has happened for the year of 2023. Okay, and then we'll be crafting your 2024 vision based on your financial goals and also strategies based on your financial goals and your vision, uh, sales strategies, marketing strategies, and come up with an action plan on what you need to do every single month, every single quarter, and how to measure that you are actually on track to hit the goal that you have set for yourself for 2024. So this is a more of a CEO roundtable. It's not for beginners, but um, if you have an idea how to run business because you have other businesses and you're th thinking to, to transcend into having an events business, you're more than welcome to come, all right? As I'm recording this episode, okay, we have early bird tickets going on. And these early bird tickets, right, will, um, will be at $197. $197 for an all-day event. That is probably an insane deal. We also have a virtual option, which is $97. This early bird will expire October 31st. Okay, if there's an extension, which I doubt, I will let everybody know, but I don't think so. <laughs> so this early bird will be at 197 for a full day event and virtual option is $97. You will get a recording of the, of the event. So I will put the link inside the show notes to purchase the ticket. Okay. It will also come with a 30 minutes complete complimentary one-on-one -on -one call with me. So 
it is a very, very good value. And you get a digital workbook. So offer and beverage digital workbook, you get a recording. Okay. So if this is what you want to do, or if you know of any event planners, designers, decorators who are serious about their business, and they want to really understand the business fundamental, which is what I just covered and what we'll be covering for our ticketed in-person event on December 2nd in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Make sure that you share the link with them as well. Thank you so much for your time. We have finan- we have concluded our three-part series of our ticketed in-person events. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed that. I hope you have learned from it. Don't forget to share with me your feedback through rating me to giving me a review so that I can continue to create content to serve you and your needs. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, can you do me a favor? Please leave us a review and also share our podcast so we can help more eventrepreneurs out there. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any new episodes.